but I think Gen Z is the easiest to comprehend because you're talking about mostly 2000 babies and like the 1996 babies. So I'm 23 years old, so I'm Gen Z myself, right? So I'm a baby myself. And this class, man, this is basically, we're gonna talk about who Gen Z is and we're talking about how do we lead Gen Z. So if you're a youth pastor, if you have a little brother, little sister, if you are a Gen Z and you're in school, all these things are gonna be able to help us lead Gen Z. Cool? Yeah, cool? Cool. 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 All right, that's perfect. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you're gonna do in this place. God, prepare our hearts, prepare our minds in Jesus' name. Everybody says? Amen. Amen. So Gen Z is born between 1995 and 2010, okay? Generation Z is the largest American generation. So our generation, my generation, is the largest American generation. We're the biggest. We're holding it down right now for the world, okay? We're also the most diverse generation. So past generations, there was less minorities. Our generation has more minorities than yeah. ever before, which is beautiful, right? Now we're seeing the mixture of cultures, mixture of things, right? Amen. That's also bringing problems that we see in the world today with injustice and stuff like that, right? So there's 69 million to 70 million of us Gen Z right now on the earth, right? Wow. And I'm like, you grew up in a Pentecostal church. I didn't grow up in church, but I've been going to all these meetings and stuff, and people always prophesy there's a great harvest coming. Anyone heard that before? Like, yeah. all these Amen. people are going to get saved. There's a great harvest coming. Man, something, something great's about to happen. A bunch of people are going to get saved. We hear that all the time, right? Amen. Or we hear, the harvest is white, right? We always hear that. And I think it's speaking about Gen Z, right? Got all, the whole world, the church has been preparing for this moment where like 69 million people wow. who are coming and raising up. And the thing is, Gen Z is not like past generations because past generations grew up in church. Past generations grew up loving church and growing religion. Generation Z is the first postmodern generation, meaning we're the least religious generation. Yeah. So anyone you see 1995 to 2010, they may be less religious. Yeah. So we're speaking to a whole generation that doesn't know lingo in church, like hallelujah, mm -hmm. amen, glory to God, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we always use those things in church and we're so used to doing it, but our generation, my generation, is not religious. We don't have that religious identity that we cling to. Mm -hmm. And this is important for us to understand because that's gonna give us a different perspective of how do we lead right. them. So if you have a teenager, if you have someone who's a young adult, if you're in a youth ministry, if you're a youth leader, we gotta start taking these Christianese out of our mind, right? Amen. We gotta start taking these things and we need to go back to the basics. Amen. And we have to go back to, hey, this generation doesn't know um, Adam and Eve. Like this generation doesn't know Noah and the flood and they're asking questions about it. Yeah. And we can't just be like, well, this is how it always goes. We have to provide answers. Mm -hmm. We gotta provide proof. Amen. And we gotta be Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's not supposed to be preaching. But See, I'm not Pentecostal though. I'm not, that's not me, but. <laughs> so Generation Z does not assert, assert itself as a religious identity. So we're talking about not even Muslim Generation Z, not even Buddhist Generation Z, like no Generation Z asserts itself as a religious identity. Mm -hmm. So no religion. I love this poll given by Generation Z. It said that Generation Z atheists have doubled than the amount of adult atheists. Mm -hmm. So there's more Generation Z atheists than there is adult atheists. Wow. Oh, wow. So we see in this world that Christianity is not as popular in culture as it used to be. Mm -hmm. Back in the days, people would force Christianity, right? We know, we know that Christianity was involved in all our politics and all of our everything. Mm -hmm. Now we're starting to see a, a, a move away from that. 
Wow. So now the church's responsibility is to lead Gen Z, right? Yeah. yeah. And this also shows a reflection of, man, what are we doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Right? There's 69 million Gen Z people, yet they don't want to do anything with church. So what's going on with us? What are we doing wrong? And I hope that we have some stuff today I'm going to give to you that you can use practically and that we can change Gen Z. Amen? Amen. So now we know who Gen Z is. How do we lead Gen Z? So I'm going to give you a couple of statistics. I'm going to give you some packets that have some statistics. And you can look at them, read them, all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about how Gen Zers and why they go to church, right? So not how parents force them to go to church because remember, they're not religiously growing up. So we're talking about people who are less religious. So why does Gen Z go to church? 73% of Gen Z Christians go to church just to learn about God. 73% go to, gen- go to church to learn about God, not to play games, not to eat pizza, right? Not to play air hockey in the youth room, right? Mm-hmm. Do they just wanna know who is this God that you're talking about? Who is this God you're saying hallelujah, amen to? Right now, 41% of non-Christian Gen Z say they will go to church to learn about God. So both Christian and non-Christian Generation Z go to church for the same reason. It's just to learn about God. They want to know what this, they say, what is this higher power? What is this thing that I'm trying to comprehend? And they know that the answer that can be found is in the church. Mm -hmm. Amen. I'm going to say it one more time so you write it down. 73% of Christian Gen Z go to church to learn about God. And 41% of non-Christian Gen Z goes to church and learn about God. So both demographics are going to church for the same reason. But what are we giving them, right? And oftentimes we give them maybe a show, right? Some great worship. But are we teaching our students, teaching Generation Z, who God is? Amen. So Gen Z will come to church to learn about God practically. They want to learn about who he is. So one thing that we can start doing ourselves, if you're a youth leader, if you're maybe if you want to be a youth pastor, I think the biggest thing is that we start teaching about who God is, not just how to follow God. Amen. Because we get so caught up in teaching sermons that the five steps to beat depression, right? Or the five steps to de-stress or whatever. But they're not, they don't want that. They want the real thing. They want to know who God is. They want to know. What, what is his character? What is he like? What does he sound like? What, what does he do for me? What is his, what, who is this person? Wow. Because they're not religious, remember from that beginning. Mm-hmm. I think for us, we need to start teaching theology, not methodology. Mm-hmm. I think in the past, people taught methods. This is how you do church, right? Your three songs and then the altar call, or you have to do it this way. And I think Generation Z saying, forget that. We don't care about methods. We just wanna know who God is. Cool. Amen. So start there, man. When you have conversations with Gen Z, we're not going to start talking about your methods or even your political ideas or even what, what you think about how like non-Christian music or piercing or tattoos. That's not what they care about. They're like, is there a God and does he love me? Amen. Is there right. a God and does he care about me? Is there a God and what can that God do for me and what does he sound like? What is his character and is this person worthy of following? Amen. It has to be three, right? The second thing is we need to preach about the God of their needs, not just their needs. We need to preach about the God of their needs, not just, hey, we know our generation is dealing with anxiety. We don't need to be preaching about a bunch of anxiety. We need to preach about the God over anxiety. Right. Oh, that's good. We, we can talk about there's depression TikToks all over TikTok. There's how to be depression all over YouTube, yeah. right? But how do we how do we fix this problem? Hey, we got to teach about the God over that problem. Yeah. Amen. Right. 
Because everyone in this room, everyone in our generation is looking for solutions, but they don't, they don't know where to find it. And we know, right? It's in our God, it's in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Cool. And again, teach about what God has to say about topics they face. I think that's a big thing, right? Right now, with social media, there's so many topics that we're going through, right? We're talking about social justice, injustice, right? We've seen people um, with George Floyd and the police brutality and stuff like that. That's happening. We've seen ha things happen with immigration. We've seen so many things happen socially, right? Mm -hmm. And we have to learn and be prepared to teach our generation, what does God have to say about it? Right. Yeah. Not me. Like, you can have your own opinions, right? We can have our opinions. Mm -hmm. But it's not about me, because they're here to learn about God. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And they're going to the church, and they're asking, hey, what does God think about police brutality? And then they're getting someone else's opinion. And the thing is, hey, we have to be prepared, right? We have to be prepared with a defense to say, hey, this is what God thinks. This is what the Bible says about the topics that you care about, yeah. right? And I think social, the things that are happening socially around us, anxieties, mental health, um, uh, rape culture, these other things, all these things that are happening around us need to have an answer from the church. The church needs to care about these things, right? Because right. I feel like for me, as Gen Z, What's the point of church if they're not caring about needs outside the church? Right, right. And I think that's been the biggest thing for me, biggest thing for our generation is, hey, does God care about people outside the church? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what our, our job is to be the example for the next generation and the people that we lead and say, hey, God does care about needs outside of the church. God does care about people who are, are hurt and broken. Amen. Can get amen for that? Amen. amen. So we know that Gen Z go to church to learn about God. Someone say learn. Learn. So all they want to do is they want to know who God is. We're going to talk a little bit more about Gen Z. What's their character? Gen Z are producers, not consumers. Mm -hmm. Producers, not consumers. You know, they did a poll statistic about Gen Z and what, what's their occupation? What's their dream occupation? You know, back in the days, people's dream occupation was to be a doctor, right? To be a lawyer. Maybe to be the president. Which no, I feel like no one wants now, right? That's crazy. But you can, they ask Gen Z, what is the occupation that you want? And I think it says 70, 80% of them said, I want to be a content creator. So they want to be on YouTube, they want to be on TikTok, or they want to be Instagram famous. Yeah. Nice. Which I'm not going to lie, I would love to be Instagram famous. I'm not going to say, hey, I lie to you right now. Mm -hmm. That's pretty dope. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I want a little blue check. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it is cool. Just turn on the camera and people watch your videos and you have a voice. That's cool. And it's interesting that that's what they want. They don't want to be a part of a system. They want to lead the system. Right. And it's something built into Gen Z because we grew up in an entrepreneur, entrepreneur culture mm -hmm. where everyone was starting businesses, yeah. Yeah. right? Back in the day, you just did your job and you went home. Yeah. Now right. it's like, they mistreat me at my job. I'm going to start my own business. Yeah. Right. I have my own followers on social media. I can do my own thing. Right. So their, ten, their tendency is to produce, not consume. Their tendency is to go and do something, create something, other than consuming something. Amen. Gen Z's perception of success and hope for the future. Everyone in here has their own perception and about success, right? Everyone here has a perception about hopes for the future. And every generation is different, but Generation Z, 65% of Generation Z identify with this statement about their future. They said, I hope to achieve a lot in the next 10 years. And for you, are like, okay, that's a, that's a simple statement. But it's interesting that they already have internal pressure about achieving a lot 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. Some of you could say, when I was a teenager, I didn't even care about the next two years, right? 
But now, like Generation Z, high schoolers, college age, has so much internal pressure about doing a lot early. Why? It's because in culture, we see Kylie Jenner, if you don't know Kylie Jenner, she's one of the Kardashians, Kylie Jenner <laughs> becoming a billionaire at 21. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, that's pressure, right? We see people all, all over social media have millions of followers at 16. I'm like, bro, what am I doing wrong? Right. right? And, and that's what they see, and it creates a pressure that I need to do more. I need to produce more. I need to do yeah. a lot. And that's unhealthy in a sense of striving, right? It's unhealthy in the sense of like striving for your identity. But it's also healthy because imagine if we put that effort towards the church. Right. And we said, hey, hey, I know you want to achieve a lot. I know there's a lot that you want to do in your life. Come to the church. We're going to show you how you can do a lot for, this, for the kingdom, right? Amen. But the issue is Gen Z rarely gets the space. Yeah. We rarely get the space. We rarely get the space to speak. You go to youth conferences and everyone who's speaking is over 30. Right. But it's called a youth conference. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what, what? And we go to even youth, youth rooms and youth pastors and the worship teams are mostly all adults and the, the person preaching is, is an adult, but, but Gen Z's wanting to produce and we keep feeding and consuming. Yeah. And, and we have to be able to say, hey, I'm okay with taking a risk on you preaching one Wednesday. Right. I'm okay with taking a risk on you you leading our business for one day. I'm okay with you taking, taking a risk and even failing. I'm okay with failing as long as I see you produce. Right. Gen Z is the producers. Mm -hmm. If we don't allow Gen Z to lead in the church, they will create an avenue to lead elsewhere. Wow. Right, if they true. don't lead in the church, Amen. they're going to be like, okay, churches want me to lead. I'm going to do my own thing on my own time. Right, right. Exactly. They don't, in a sense, back in the days, we mm -hmm. used to have back in the days, I don't know, I'm Gen Z, but, <laughs> but in church history, right, people would stay in church based off of church authority. Uh, that right. people have so much honor for their pastor that whatever their pastor said goes. Right. But remember, we didn't raise in church. Yeah. So we don't know about this apostolic authority and all these things about you submit completely to your pastor and do everything he says. They don't, know, they don't care about that. They don't want to hear that. Yeah. Uh -huh. The first no, the things to say, hey, no, we don't want you to leave. It's not your time yet. All right, I'm going to go somewhere Right. And oftentimes, which is odd, it's been heartbreaking, is that when we've been telling generation, no, you can't leave here, they say, all right, that represents the whole church. Right. So wow. I'm going to leave in general. Wow. And that's why we see a max exodus of the church right now. Mm -hmm. People who will leave when they go to college because they're like, hey, they never let me leave now. But now this frat is letting me leave and these um, clubs are letting me leave. And wow. My business is letting me lead, and now that is the focus, because their heart is to produce. Mm -hmm. Gen Z are producers, not consumers. Not consumers. We can't just continue feeding them content. They're gonna find growth in producing. Mm -hmm. Like you can, we always produce. We always, the church always loves to produce content. Yeah. We love to, but it's really hard for us to give up the mantle. It's hard for us to give up the mic, and it's okay. To give up the mic. You know what I mean? I'm supposed to be recording this and I played myself, yo. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. She could send it to you. She's been recording the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, dude. He saved my life. <laughs> they literally told me, make sure you record. And I just started going ham. <laughs> Live seat, Gen Z producing. <laughs> Gen Z producers, not consumers. And I love this next part. Kind of goes with the same thing. Gen Z wants to see themselves. 
Gen Z wants to see themselves. That's true. They want to see, hey, I want to see if someone my age is preaching right now. Right. And that's why I say we go to youth conferences, everyone's right. over 30, that's wow. great, we love wisdom, we love it. But they want to see themselves. Can I be 15 and preaching on a stage? Yeah. Come on yeah. now. Because if I'm empowered to preach on a stage, I can preach at home. Yeah. I can preach at my school, right? right? Yeah. If I can preach at church, I can preach at my school. And, and we have to be able to let them see themselves, see them worshiping on stage so they can be worshiping at home. They, they want to see someone else doing it. Amen. Right? That's right. I was listening to a podcast of this guy who, who goes to Harvard. He's, he's Gen Z. And he's part of this whole like Gen Z coalition, all this stuff. And he, this one, he said something interesting. He said, Gen Z is the generation of we. Gen Z is the generation of we. Because it, it's not just I. Because we have so many followers on Instagram, so many people following us. It's like we are thinking this, right? Our whole generation is like, hey, we are doing this together. And this is interesting because because we're the generation of we, they want to see that everyone around them is doing what they're doing, right? And that's why Christianity right now is kind of fading out because we don't see Gen Z wow. leading. We don't see Gen right. Z being Christian or passionate for God. So they're like, no one around me is doing it. Wow. Is that is that wrong? Is it right? Right. Mm-hmm. We cannot influence Gen Z if we do not include Gen Z. Right. We cannot influence Gen Z if we do not include Gen Z. Right. It's so important. Mm-hmm. We gotta include them. We gotta include them in our services. We gotta include them even in our in our small groups. We gotta include them not just like a five minute like do the giving. We're talking about let them lead. Like let them lead. Include them, right? Include them in. I know for our church, we've been including my students into stage design, and because I'm really big into stage design, so we're like, hey, here's what you have to work with. Go do the stage, and we walk out. Because oftentimes it's like, hey, here's the stuff, and let me show you how to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Let me, yeah. Wait, this is not how we want it. No, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. trust you. Like, I'm gonna walk out, and if it's bad, then we'll have a conversation, right? Wow, yeah, and yeah. they turned out, the stage design turned out incredible, and all the kids were like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Aww. I was like, dang, I suck, dude. Like, <laughs> but it was like, that, that was, it was interesting to me because the kid that did our stage design, he's only, he's been in the church for four months, so he, he came wow. to our church, he's only been going for four months. His parents are lesbian. Um, uh, he was, came out of a gang, all these things. Wow. And now he's our, our intern, he does stage design, he, he talks sometimes, it's incredible. But it's because even when he first came, I was okay with him serving in maximum capacities. I was okay yeah. with including him, even though he didn't know Noah's Ark. Literally, he didn't know Noah's Ark, even though he didn't know any books in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I'm gonna include you because I believe in you. Amen. And now you see him, now you see him months later, literally paying an Uber to come to church to serve. Wow. And I'm just like, that's, good, yeah. that's what happens if we were like, we're gonna include you in every piece of what yeah. we do. Right. Because yeah. then they don't come to your service, they come to their service. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we make their youth service their service. Come on. Then they're like, oh, we're going to our youth group, right. not just this brand youth group. Uh-huh. Exactly. And then they're like, oh, I'm buying in. I'm yeah. going all in. Right. Yeah. Amen. We gotta make it theirs. And they're gonna feel at home there. Cool. And, then, and then we're like, how do we grow our youth groups? And now that's how we do it. I know I came to my youth group here in, in San Antonio, had 10 kids. Now we're here seven months later, we're running 80, 90 kids each week. Wow. wow. Bro, and then the thing is our first two months, we had a COVID outbreak. So I didn't have youth for two months. So really for like five months we've been growing for our, our growth has been eight times. Wow. And it's because it's not my service. It's not 316 church youth, it's theirs. 
they dictate it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know, that's God, come on somebody. That's right, yeah. Right. Amen. Anyone ever heard the phrase that there's no junior Holy Spirit? Yeah. I always hear that, right? It's like, there's no junior Holy Spirit. When they talk about kids or youth, they say there's no junior Holy Spirit. There's only one Holy Spirit. And I feel like, man, oftentimes the church doesn't really believe that. Because they say there's no junior Holy Spirit, but they give the youth group the least budget. Right. Oh, right. oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. They say there's no junior Holy Spirit. It's true. They say there's no junior Holy Spirit, but the youth pastor gets paid part time. Mm-hmm. Has to work two jobs, right? Come on now. And they give them the closet. They give them the smallest room. Right. And then they're like, hey, you can't use our sound system. They can't. You can't use the big church stuff. Wow. And the thing is, you know, even in church language, think about this in church language, they say. Parents, you probably said this before, but you're like, hey, you go to big church, right? They say, oh, go to big church. Yeah. Right. It's like, wait, 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 wait. You know, isn't youth as important or even more important than your service, big right. service? Right. That's right. And, and we're like, hey, why is youth ministry failing in America? Wow. Why is it shrinking? Because there's no value in right. it. We haven't right. valued yeah. it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. man. If we, if we want them to see themselves, right, we have to really believe that there's no junior Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The church is saying there's no junior Holy Spirit. And Generation Z is screaming back, prove it. Right. Prove it. Show me that there's no junior Holy Spirit. So how do we prove it? How do we prove it? Generation Z is an instant gratification generation. True. Right? If I need if I need to answer a question, I can go on Google right now and I can find it. Anything I need, I can look it up on the internet. Right. Yeah. Except the real things, right? Yeah. But anything we need, if I if I need to satisfy my lust, I can go on the internet. If I need to buy something, I can go on the internet. Mm-hmm. I don't watch any movie, any video. I can look up anything on my phone right now, and I will find it. Mm-hmm. Instant gratification. An instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because the church doesn't really have instant gratification. Right. Yeah. Like, we know seed time and harvest, right? It takes time for fruit to produce. But we need to show our students that the church is producing fruit. And how do we show them that they're involved? If they're involved right. in the fruit being produced, right? Mm-hmm. Then they will be satisfied. Right. I think for us, like, hey, we need to prove it to them by letting them produce creativity. Like, give them a phone, let them take pictures, let them set up the stages, let them preach, whatever. That will satisfy something in us to produce. Amen. Let them produce spiritually. Let them pray over each other. Amen. I mean, we, what we do in our, our ministries every week, we say, hey, pray for your neighbor. And I tell them, hey, I'm going to pray for you. Amen. I'm gonna pray for you. You can pray for your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that prayer is longer than my sermon. They're like praying for each other. It's going hell. But it's like, hey, I want them. I want them to see themselves praying for each other. Amen. I want them to see themselves going ham for each other, not just me preaching and, and praying. Like they're doing it for each other. They're responding to their own altar calls, right? Amen. We need to give Gen Z an avenue to produce fruit. See, Generation Z is hungry to see and produce fruit. Amen. What's the point of church? Right? Their, their question is, what's the point of church? What's the point of us even going to church? What's the point of, of you doing these altar calls? But mm-hmm. well, there's no fruit. Yeah. Y'all here preaching and screaming to me, but your character is bad. Oh, right. Right? Yeah. It's like, prove it to me. Like, yeah. 
show me that that this thing is real. Yeah. Show me the fruit. Show me that your life matches what you're preaching. Mm -hmm. Right. And we have to give them nice. an avenue for them to produce their own fruit yes. too. Yeah. Hey, right. give them an avenue for them to pray for somebody and see someone crying under the power of God. Right. They're praying for somebody and they're getting healed, or they're they're giving counsel to someone with anxiety. Like they Amen. need the avenue because they're hungry to see that this Christianity thing is real. Amen. I think, all, Amen. I think a lot of it, for me, I don't know if there's other Gen Z, like, there's been doubts in my heart and my mind based off all the people's life mm -hmm. that right. this Christianity is real. Yeah. And I think, man, we have to really showcase and that there is fruit from the church. That's why I think social media is a big, big avenue for us. Not to promote, this is a big thing. It's not, I'm just going to wrap it real quick, though. A lot of us use social media to promote church instead of using social media to show what the church is doing. Right. Like, we don't need social media to promote, come to my service. I need social media, but hey, this guy was changed here at this moment. Or, right. Hey, look, this right. is how we can serve needs in our community. And hey, you know what I'm saying? Oftentimes you just use social media basically as an announcement flyer. Like, then that's not how it's supposed to be. They want to see, is this, is this building that I'm going to go into going to produce something or am I going to waste my time? Right. I can just search another youth group in my area. Right. And that's the thing. We got to make sure that we're showing that there's fruit coming from our house. Yeah. And it's not just ordinary fruit. It's character, right? It's integrity. And it's love for the lost. Because think about this. If Generation Z is the least religious generation, wow. they want to know if you love their neighbor. Right. Mm -hmm. They want to know if they love the person next to me, love my classmate. That's the fruit they need to see. Do you really love people? Do you really love the world? Do you really love your city? Mm -hmm. They need to see that. If you're a student here, if you are in high school, if you're in college right now, your friends will follow you. It's just so simple. Your friends will follow you. When I was 16, I got saved. God changed my life completely. Amen. Then I said, I need to do something. So I started a church in my school because my church would not let me preach in my youth group or not let me lead because wow. of my past. So I brought all my gang member friends, all my thug friends to my own church in school. Our church went from zero to 60 in one month. Mm. We were meeting 60 people deep in church wow. in lunchtime. And I'm saying, hey, I didn't know anything in the Bible. I didn't know Noah's art. Mm -hmm. I didn't know Old or New Testament. I just knew, hey, this Jesus thing saved me. Yeah. And that's Amen. all I need. We need to start releasing them and say, hey, your friends are going to follow you because of the Jesus in you, not because Amen. of what you know. Amen. Because, Amen. because of you. Yeah. And because you are an example of Jesus to others. And that was it. I didn't know anything. Didn't know any Bible. I said, hey, Jesus loves you. He loves me. Let's get going. Let's go. Right. Let's make a church. And, I mean, I feel like a lot of religious people would be like, well, you need to go to Bible college first, right? <laughs> or you need, you need your degree first. And it's like, no. Gen Z doesn't want to go through that, that loophole degree and all these rules that we set up. with that Jesus anointed me. Let's get going, right? Yeah. Let's go love my neighbor. Let's go love my city. Like, I don't got to wait for all that. That's right. Uh -huh. And that goes into what we were talking about earlier, that Christian needs, that old school mentality is like, Man, a lot of that stuff is great because it built the church. But right now, it's like, we need to go back to the basics, man. Jesus saved me. He loves me. Holy right. Spirit powers me. Let's get Amen. going. Love Amen. Amen. Home, right? Amen. Gen Z is the loneliness, lonely, lo loneliest generation. Loneliness is not a word, right? Loneliest generation. So we all have something in common that we all went through a pandemic, right? We all went through a pandemic. We all were isolated and quarantined. It was really, it was really deep. It's intense. We're still going through that right now, right? Mm -hmm. And one thing I noticed that a lot of students been, were isolated in online learning, mm -hmm. and a lot of attribute to our growth in our youth ministry is because we've been open, 
and a lot of students were like, I'm just tired of being at home. I've had anxiety of just being alone at home. And bef even before that, Generation Z was still lonely, right? Yeah, amen. And something that the church needs to realize is that the service is not where we find our value. You're right. See, we have to become more than a service. Because think about this. I, I know a lot of you may go to a, maybe a smaller church, maybe 200, 300 people, 400 people, right? Your worship team is not as good as Hillsong, okay? <laughs> Your worship team is not good as Bethel. Your pastor does not preach as good as Chad Beach or all these preachers, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, the, we can go on YouTube right now and get the best worship. Right. Right. Can get the best sermons, the best graphics, the best services, the absolute best. But it's still missing community. Right. See, the yeah. church's value is not in the service; it's in community. Amen. Because Amen. anyone can produce a service. We can look at. I can look at fifty services right now on my phone, and they're going to be better than the ones we're probably in right now. Right. Amen. I mean, graphic-wise, sound-wise, preaching-wise, yeah. right? It can be better. Real talk, right? I'm not yeah. hating on those guys. I'm just being real, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The service has no value. Yes, God's presence is there. It's awesome. But the real power is in my community. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's the one next to me. Yeah. That people around me love me and care for me. Yeah, and I think we need to start putting more money, more emphasis, more time into building great community, not just building great services. Amen. That's good. But we spend so much money on screens and bands and all that stuff, but we need to spend time and money on creating great community yeah. and time and community with each other. Yeah, yeah. Here's why. 45% of Gen Z wants to connect with someone else other than their family member. So they don't want to go home. I mean, it's cool. Some parents are like, dang, they suck, right? <laughs> I always get that whenever I say this. They're like, man, they don't love me. It's just how it is, right? And, and this is beautiful because this, this has to be important for us because we have to make sure we're approachable mm -hmm. for someone That's to come right. and connect with us, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think for us in our youth ministry, in our lives, we have to create points of connectivity, right? Hey, I'm approachable for you to message me on Instagram. I'm approachable yeah. for you to just come to me and talk to me. That's good. And I'm not just going to come and like give you a lecture. Like I just want to walk and talk with you yeah. so we can build community. And not just with you. I think a lot with their own gener like their own peers. We need to make sure, like, hey, students are connecting with students and creating that community. Mm -hmm. And that's where they're going to find value. The church is valuable when there's great community. Amen. Mm -hmm. Because when I, there's churches right now that are still online and they're killing it, but there's still no community where they're together. Mm -hmm. yeah. We can find service anywhere. But I can't find great community everywhere. Yeah, community that right. prays for me, that loves me, that cares for me. Mm -hmm. That's right. We gotta make sure we set that up. So how do we do that practically? We gotta create space for students to build community. I like literal space, like close the doors, let them force them to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. That's what I do. Like I'm like, service doors aren't open, go talk to somebody. Like I don't tell them, they just actually do it. I'm like, hey, just just go hang out. Like, don't even. I don't even want to talk to you. Just go hang out with your friends. <laughs> and it, it's true because I'm just like, I want you to hang out with someone your age. I don't want me to give you a lecture. Like, I just want you to hang out with people your age mm -hmm. and with my leaders and build that community. And you have to create time in your service for community. Because I, what I've noticed is that pastors and preachers automatically think because they're on the stage that people are gonna value that time. And the thing is, like, you have to value their time, too, right? right. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, hey, if I want to preach to you for 45 minutes, at least let me talk to my neighbor for a couple minutes, right? Yeah. And I think in our service, in our service, we have our students pray for each other for a good 10, 15 minutes. And we have, like, different times where they can talk to their neighbor and hang out with their neighbor <clears throat> in the service because we value that time. Yeah. We make it intentional and say, hey, in our, in our services, we believe community is important, Amen. not just before and after. That's mm -hmm. good. 
So what you what you spend time in is what you value, right? So if I value community, I'm gonna spend time in that, right? And then create places where students can be heard, right? right? That's good. They, they can be heard, like my feelings, what I think about church, right? And I think a big thing is that the church in general needs to learn how to listen. Yeah. Right. yeah, I think yes. pastors, Amen. leaders, people yeah. need to sure. learn how to listen. Amen. Yeah. Like, if there's a skill that all of us can grow, we gotta learn how to shut up. And yeah. Listen. Amen. Yeah. For real, Amen. like, not like, and the thing about listening is hearing someone and not really creating a response. Right. Most of the time when we're hearing somebody, it's like I'm already creating my response yeah. and my mm-hmm. brain to respond. Yeah. No, 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 no. I want to sit there and digest what you told me, yeah. and I want to understand that, and then I'll give a response. Mm-hmm. But we're so quick to rebuttal. We're right. so quick to throw a scripture out. Mm-hmm. We're so quick to like, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, right? Someone mm-hmm. says, hey, how you doing today? I'm blessed and highly flavored. Like, right. bro, no, like, let's, let, let me listen to what you feel, yeah. listen to what you're thinking. Like, and I think everyone in this room can do better at listening, right? right. Yeah. And that's something like, one of my friends who was, um, was had cancer, and he was like getting close to death. He'd be cancer, by the way. It's not gonna be his house. Amen. God. My God. He he asked like, "Hey, you need to tell me before you die." And I was like, "It's one of those moments. Like, what are three things that I can do that can change my world? Like, what are three things that he's a pastor?" He says, "Laugh more, no. love more, and listen more." Mm. Yeah. That's like, good. Yeah. That is great. Like that's a book. If you I say if you survive, that's a book. You know, he's actually working on it right now. But we gotta learn how to laugh more. A lot of times we take church is serious, right? It's holy. I mean, have some fun, laugh, be silly. It's okay, right? It's okay to be. It's okay to relax with family, right? Yeah. Yeah. We gotta love more. Don't just preach to me. Love me. Yeah, amen. Right. I think generation. That's the big thing with generations. Like, you just preach to me a forty-five minute sermon, but I don't know if you love me or not. And before I even preach to you, I want you to know that you're loved, you're chosen, I'm thankful that you're here. Right. Amen. And we, we in, my, in our youth ministry, we always say, I always tell them before service in our pre-service huddle, make sure you tell every student that comes in, thank you. Yeah. Even if they're forced into church, we're still thankful that they're there. Yeah. Amen. One thing I found out interesting, I listened to a podcast and it's these two youth pastors talking. And one youth pastor says, hey, we only have an hour with youth a week. We only have one hour with youth a week. And it's often an excuse in the youth pastor community or even the pastor community. They make an excuse that, oh, just because we have them for an hour a week, that's why they don't love God or that's mm-hmm. why, right? And that's an often common excuse, like the parents or their job and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. The other youth pastor responds to that statement. And he says, at least you get an hour. At least you get one hour with a student of their individual time. Yeah, even true. their parents don't get an hour of right. one individual time with their, with their wow. an hour straight. And that changed my perspective, right? Because yeah. it's like, bro, like, how often do like, we are like, oh, we only get one hour and we waste that hour. Right. If you change your perspective and you're like, hey, I get this one hour, I get these 30 minutes with this student, then you're going to find value in every minute that you have. Amen. Amen. Right. And that goes into, hey, that hour that I have, I need to make sure I love them. I gotta make sure I laugh with them and I gotta make sure I listen to them because those are the ingredients for a great community. Amen. And I laugh together and we love together and we listen to each other. Cool? Cool. All right. Now we're gonna shift. So we talked about who Gen Z is and I wanna talk about now how can I be a a leader that Gen Z wants to follow? How do I be a leader that Gen Z wants to follow? So there's three things I believe Generation Z 
want to see in their leaders. There's three things. The first is authenticity. Right. Yeah. They want to see if you're real. See, the millennial generation was fighting for the church to become relevant. They're like, we need to be cool, right? Because back in the days, they were like, red lights is of the devil, right? Right now, all these lights in the old school church, they'd be like, no, it's yeah. the devil. I'm going to hell, right? Guitar, electric guitar, you're going to hell, right? Yeah, wow. Way back in the days. That's way before me, but. So the millennial generation grew up in a generation of old old school people. Right. So they were fighting, let's make church relevant, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's make it look cool. We need to make it cool. So you've all been to a church where the lights are like insane and yeah. the music is blasting and the bass is loud. It's cool, we love that, right? Every church is, is cool. But the millennial generation was fighting for that. Well, it's interesting because now that we're so relevant, we forgot being real, wow. right? right? We became so relevant that we're a machine and wow. we forgot to be real. So now Generation Z is like, you're cool, but do you really love God? Right. Yeah, like, yeah. your brand is cool, but do you really love your neighborhood? Right. Like, wow. like you have a great LED sign above yeah. your church off of 1604, like all these big churches with these giant signs, but do you love your neighborhood? Right. Yeah. Right? And then that's what Gen Z is like, hey, I want to fight to be real. But I want to be a leader that Gen Z wants to follow the biggest generation out right now. I got to be authentic. Yeah. I got to be okay with saying, hey, I suck sometimes. Hey, mm-hmm. I fall sometimes. Hey, I sin sometimes. I gotta be okay yeah. with. Hey, my my service. If the sound doesn't work here, it's okay. We're gonna keep going, keep blowing. Like, right. we gotta be okay with being authentic. It's okay to not being performing. Right. Right. That's right. And I think that's something that we've been all fighting. Like, we don't want to perform. Like, we don't need performance. We need community, right? Mm-hmm. So Amen. first thing is authenticity. They want you to be authentic. The second thing is they want you to be available. Available. I want to. I want you to be available. Gen Z does not need another rock star preacher. They need a faithful shepherd. Right. They don't need another person that can preach their butt off. Like I said, they can go to all the preaching that they want. Yeah. yeah. I can go. I can hear fifty preachings. I can hear this preaching from earlier, like tomorrow. Right? Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of people who will be faithful to me in my mess. That's good. Right. Because a lot of rock star preachers, they're great. They're great for moments. They're great for moments where God wants to encounter you, yeah, yeah. but they're not there for the mess moments. Right. And that's why the church is important. And that's why there's value in the church. And that's why we need to start make sure the church is still, we still fight for the church because there's youth pastors that are still being faithful shepherds. Mm-hmm. They can't preach at all. They probably suck at preaching, uh-huh. but they're faithful. Right. They exactly. say, hey, you, you had sex with your girl before marriage. Hey, we love you. We're going to keep walking with you. Yeah. Hey, you're right. struggling with homosexuality thoughts. We're going to still walk with you. We're going to yeah. love yeah. you. You're struggling with anxiety, depression. We're going to walk with you. We're going to be with you. Because that's, yeah. that's what a pastor, that's what a person who loves Jesus, that's what they're for. They're supposed to be faithful shepherds. Yeah. Right. See, if you're not available for Gen Z, if you are hard to get their attention, they'll find someone who's available. Mm-hmm. They'll find somebody. They will find if you If you want to be that person, Who's a rock star person? Who's super cool? I'm too cool for the uh, for these young people. I'm just gonna perform and I'm gonna go home. They're like, screw you, I'm gonna go somewhere else. Right. Yep. And, and that's scary, right? It's like, dude, we gotta make sure like we're available. I know for me, even me, I had a chance. My moved to San Antonio. I actually had a chance to go to two different churches. So I either can go to this mega church of three or four thousand people and be youth pastor, you can go to a pastor there, or I can be a middle pastor and youth pastor of a church over five hundred. And the two, the two reasons why I asked them both the same question. I said, how often can I sit in my pastor's office, the senior pastor's office, and just talk to him? One said, you got to make sure you do an appointment to the secretary a couple of weeks in. <laughs> Sorry. 
Like I'm, I, was, I have ADD, sorry bro, that like destroyed me. <laughs> Where was I? Did I for real have ADHD? Well, you have pastors. So, yeah, you have to go to the secretary, you have to throw an email, you have to do an appointment, sit in the pastor office yeah. to have a meeting. Yeah, yeah. And the meeting has to be an hour and a half, two hours long. Wow. The other one says, my door's always open. Mm. You guys put church out once. The door right. always open. Because proximity is power, right? When, right. I, when I'm close to someone, I can nice, learn yeah. more. I can be with someone, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're going to have more power over someone who's Gen Z the closer you are to Gen Z. Right. Because proximity is power. Okay? So we got to be authentic, but you got to be available. And the last one is I got to be approachable. Mm. That's good. Are we humble? Are we humble? And then that's a hard thing that we have to work on as people, right? Like, am I humble? Do I have humility towards Gen Z? Like, I often think, like, am I? Sometimes we think because we're older, we're better. That's not how that works. Just because we're older doesn't mean we're closer to God. Mm, That's true. Being close to God is through investment. Not through age. That's right. Wow. Amen. I know ninety-year-olds who will not throw their hands up. Exactly. But I know some thirteen-year-olds. We'll go ham. Mm, because right. because it's through investment, not age. Right. And we gotta be humble. Hey, God views me as the same power as an eleven year old. Mm-hmm. You gotta take down your pride a little bit. Mm-hmm. Some of us think, hey, we, we we should be preaching, leading all these things. That's cool, but you gotta have humility towards the next generation. Yeah. That God can use them now, not next. And I think a lot of older people are scared sometimes to lose their place. Yeah. Because the younger generation is coming up and they're like, we're going to keep you down. We're going to keep you down. Keep wow. you down. Until I'm done, then you can come up. No, 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 no. Wow. That's the thing. You used to do that. But now Gen Z's like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Right. The person, next thing. Mm-hmm. Which is incredible and scary at the same time. Right. <laughs> it's incredible that they have that much confidence in themselves to lead right yeah. now. Yeah. But it's right. also scary because they're leaving the church. Right. Yeah. Right. So I got to be approachable because I got to be humble. I got to be humble. You gotta have hard work ethic. That we can't be lazy people, y'all. Right. Amen. Gen Z values hard work ethic, mm-hmm. which is beautiful because they, they they see they can see what you do. They can see the things you're doing, right. and they're they're viewing it through that lens. So we gotta have hard work ethic when it comes to the church. You can't be lazy. You can't be half doing half butt. We gotta be going all in hard work ethic. Mm-hmm. My team says our anointing smells like sweat. That's what we say. Wow. Our anointing smells like sweat because That's we're going to work hard for our people. Yeah. Right? Why would we expect a generation to go hard for a church that doesn't go hard for them? Right? Wow. So we're going to go, as a leader, I'm going to go hard for Gen Z. I'm yeah. going to work Amen. as hard as possible. I'm going to do everything in my power to do it because we're working harder than Satan. Like right. Drake would say. No one's ready for that one, though. <laughs> hey, but we've been, we've been saying that. We're working harder than Satan. Satan has all these people doing these spells over our generation, all over the media everywhere attacking our generation what is us as gen z leaders going to do we're going to work harder than that Amen. Yeah. Gonna, our anointing is going to smell like sweat amen you're going to smell a little nasty <laughs> <laughs> you got to be easy to meet and deal with you can't be arrogant right, right. Like, so many mm. arrogant people and leaders like wow like when you when i come to meet with a gen z i'm not going to sit here and tell them about what i'm doing i want to hear about what you're doing right? like be easy to meet with be like don't just correct every time they say something wrong. That's why a lot of people, Gen Z leaders, or people, don't want to hang out with their teachers or people or their pastors because every time they go to them, they get a lecture. Wow. Like, that's yeah. not approachability. Approachability is just let me sit back and, like, let's just hang out. Amen. Like, Amen. It's okay. Like, just hang out with your sheep. You know what I'm saying? Even if they're <laughs> dirty. Right? 
we gotta be easy to meet with or deal with. And the last one is, like I said before, we gotta keep going, being a great listener. If you forgot everything I said, but you remember that, you're gonna kill it. Be a great listener. Listen and respond, That's right? Listen and remember, right? Remember kids' names, right? Like, remember their favorite colors, their favorite bands, right? Right. Because that stuff's gonna be able to have you lead them better in the future. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Cool? Any questions? I'm going to open it up for questions and answers. Any questions? Any questions? No questions? Cool. Nothing at all? All right. I'm going to summarize and we'll go back. And then we'll be done. What's up? Just listening. <laughs> cool. So I'm going to uh, recap and then we'll be done. Cool? Cool. I'm probably the fastest one. I'm, I, see, when you preach to youth, you're just used to doing 25 minutes or less. Right. That's me, bro. Let's get let's go home. Next thing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so Gen Z, remember they're 1995 to 2010. So they're they're kind of semi-90 babies. Half of them are not gonna know anything about 9/11. I'm not gonna know anything about 9/11. I was two. Okay. Um, we're the larger generation, so 69 million to 70 million. So they're the harvest that we've been preaching about is here. Amen. Cool. Amen. And then remember, Amen. Generation Z is the least religious generation. Okay, they don't they don't identify with religion any of that okay gen z goes to church to learn about god both christian and non-christian they go to learn about god mm -hmm. so our job is to teach them about god not our ideologies okay mm -hmm. they want they don't want to know if you're calvinist or whatever they just want to know about god bro they're tired of all that right? mm -hmm. tired of all these arguments they don't care if you're a methodist or a baptist like bro just talk about god right <laughs> talk about the gospel more chilling right right gen z are producers not consumers man they, they have a, a big part to achieve a lot so let them achieve a lot in the church and the world. Yeah. Right. right. That's Make good. Them They're the we generation. So they want to see themselves in their services and see themselves doing it. Amen. So let's give them an avenue to lead now, not later. I hate the term next gen. It's weird. They're the now gen. Right. Amen. That's Amen. right. That's right. Generation Z is a loneliness, loneliness generation. So we need to give them community. We need to make sure infinite <laughs> emphasis on community. I'm telling you right now, I'm prophesying it beforehand. The church is going to look a lot different in seven to ten years than you think right now. Right. Yeah. 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 Amen. Through this Amen. pandemic, through all these things that are happening, it's going to look a lot different. Yeah. It's going to look a lot more like Acts 2, where people are just getting together, loving each other, Amen. loving Amen. their community. Amen. I'm not anti-preaching or service. I love preaching. I'm not anti any of that. Don't get that out of there. I'm not, I'm not a small church kind of guy. I love the mega church. I love that. But Gen Z, they want community. They don't yeah. realize about service. Okay? And the three keys to be a Gen Z leader that someone wants to follow, you gotta be authentic, you gotta be available, and you gotta be approachable. Cool? Mm -hmm. Let's pray out, and then y'all can go to lunch. I think we're going to lunch, right? We go to lunch, cool? Yeah. So God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, Lord. We thank you that you will seal what you're doing in our hearts, God. We ask you that you help us lead Gen Z better. Teach us how to steward the harvest that you brought to us. Teach us how to steward the people in front of us, God. We love you and we bless you. And everybody says, Amen. 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 So right there in that corner.